Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. The show with the host who's asked over a thousand women to marry him. The problem is the first one said yes. Now I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is the Pipes Magazine radio show, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining pipe-smoking broadcast coming to you from the smoke-filled recording studio built here in my office just outside of Charlotte, North Carolina. Fall is in the air. The temperatures are dipping. I got a sweatshirt on, and it is perfect, absolutely perfect pipe-smoking weather. So on tonight's show, we're going to talk about Lighters and matches and bears. Oh my, oh, I mean lighters and matches, differences in temperatures, different kinds of lighting techniques. I got a point of view that uh, may surprise some of you. Uh, My guest is Jack Newcomb, Rick Newcomb's son, and it's going to be an interesting conversation because Jack's young. Jack doesn't, uh, doesn't always smoke a pipe. I have to ask him about that, but uh, he's grown up around an avid pipe collector, so that'll be fun, and I enjoyed his uh, introductions and questions before uh, before each chapter in the audiobook, so looking forward to that. Uh, music, a special piece of poetry written by request, by my request, so that's coming up later on. Mailbag and rant, all that coming up in this episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. And, uh, all right, let's get it out of the way. I'm I'm one year older yesterday, okay? Everybody, I'm one year older. I am nowhere near as old as Lee Von Erich. Nowhere near as old. So, Lee, if you're listening, glad you could stay up this late with us. Love you to death. Looking forward to seeing you in Vegas. Um, I will say that one of the wonders of Facebook, and a lot of it's because of this show... One of the wonders of Facebook is all the birthday wishes from all across the globe. I mean, really cool. Heard from uh, from the from Cyprus, from Sweden, all across the United States. I think it's really cool. I think it's wonderful what uh, social media has done to kind of connect us all, and uh, yeah, it kind of made the day a little more special knowing that all around the world people were thinking about my birthday. And uh, by the way, yes, it is also. Dumbo the Elephant's birthday. However, Dumbo came out on October 23rd, 1941. I'm not near that old. All right, enough of the rambling. Let's get the show going. Everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you to Sutliff Tobacco Company. Here we go. This is Internet Radio. The term one-stop shop is so overused. There's no place that is literally a one-stop shop. Well, guess what? When it comes to your quality tobacco products, there is. It's CupOJoes.com. With hundreds of pipe tobacco blends, thousands of pipes in stock, a wide variety of cigars, coffees, accessories, and so much more. All you have to do is go to CupOJoes.com. And there it is. CupOJoes.com. Quality products, extraordinary prices. There's nothing quite like working in my shop or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. I'm not just a pipe smoker. I'm a Meerschaum pipe smoker. 
All of my pipes come from MearshamStore.com. They've been in business for 50 years, and I can trust that there will be no hassles. Orders are processed and shipped fast, and they have every shape you can imagine, including calabash, claws, dragons, horror, even a sexy series. MearshamStore.com, the most trusted Mearsham store for 50 years. Welcome back. In just a few minutes, Jack Newcomb will be on the phone. We'll be talking about uh, Pipes and his dad. But in the meantime, this was recommended or suggested as an idea for the pipe parts segment about uh, the difference between matches and lighters. All right, let's all all get this pretty clear here. Uh, Jet lighters or the torch lighters like we see for cigars... There is no reason ever to use them on a pipe. Now, I'm going to hit on a couple of reasons why we don't want to use them on a pipe. But the big one is they're just too hot. So I did a whole bunch of research, went through the internet, and because I read it on the internet, it must absolutely be true. But no, I went to some real notable, reliable sources, found multiple versions of the same story, so I figure this is about as close to true as we're going to get. The temperature at which a match burns, and they're talking about the paper matches with the little fueled tips and a little bit of sulfur on them, a paper match burns at about 600 to 800 degrees Celsius. Got that? 600 to 800 degrees Celsius. For those of you that are Celsius slash Fahrenheit uh, disabled, let's just say that water boils at 100 degrees Celsius, so that flame on the tip of that match is six times hotter than the bo- than boiling water at 212 degrees Fahrenheit. All right, so that's a match. A candle flame can vary between 600 to 1400 degrees Celsius, and the nearest I can tell, it depends on the amount of air and the size of the wick. A butane disposable lighter, like a Bic or the DeJeeps that I use, because it's not a real pressurized, real compressed, finite nozzle on it, those burn from about 450 degrees to about six or seven hundred degrees celsius now the reason that burns softer is because on the match there's the sulfur in the tip which ignites and then there's the fuel on the actual piece of paper wooden matches burn pretty close to the same temperature but a little cooler than a paper match however once you get down to the wood going and you get the wood burning on it it can warm up to the same temperature as a paper match Now, a butane torch lighter, when mixed with air, can burn all the way up to almost 2,000 degrees Celsius. 2,000 degrees Celsius. That's three times hotter than what a match tip is doing. The benefit that I see, and I'm going to warn you right now, warning, 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 we're going heavily into my opinion, and I am the leading expert on my own opinion. Go ahead and take a drink now. The difference between using a butane lighter or disposable lighter and using a match is you can get the center of the flame, the center of the burning area of the match, 
right over the bowl. When you use a lighter, you have to angle it. Even if it's a, a, a pipe lighter, there's still, it's coming over the top of the bowl. And that's where you get the burn marks and the scorch marks from. Those burn marks and scorch marks, yes, while cosmetic and annoying, you really don't want them. Because I'll tell you what's going on inside, and this goes back to something that Fred Hanna said and wrote in his book. The hotter the temperature, you're actually shocking the tobacco in the bowl. You're shocking those oils, you're shocking those sugars, and that's going to burn at a hotter rate. When you shock those when you shock the tobacco inside there, you're going to get crystallization faster. It's going to give off more of an alcoholic appearance. You're also going to zap the moisture out faster, so you're going to end up with tongue bite. Now, here's what I do with my lighters. I take my standard Jeep lighter, and I never angle it down into the bowl. I only hold it parallel to the top of the bowl, and then I allow the puffing that I do to draw the flame down. In order to also minimize the char, I'll do it in short bursts. So it's just quick bursts, pulling down, pulling down, and that way it doesn't heat up the tobacco in the bowl any hotter than it needs to to burn. Remember, tobacco only needs to be at a couple hundred degrees Celsius for it to burn. So you're not you don't need to hit it with a blowtorch. You don't need to ignite it with a stick of dynamite. All you need to do is get the heat near it, let the heat of the flame coming down into the bowl, let that burn it, let that ignite it and that will cause that'll cool down the tongue burn. Uh for those of you that are using Zippo lighters, controversy over whether or not the Zippo fluid allows flavor into or flavors the tobacco. I don't think it I don't think it does much. I don't think uh, the difference between matches with sulfur in them and sulfur free matches is too much. The minute you flick the match, you let it burn off for a second, you know, for a half a second, the sulfur's burned off and then you're into clean uh, you're into really clean burning. I don't think many of us are really that taste sensitive to notice that. However, I did find out in the research that uh, Zippo lighters do tend to burn at a lower temperature than even a butane lighter because it's basically a wick and fuel. And if you keep the wick nice and short, well, it's got less burn area, so less going on there. There's my advice for you. The big tip is don't shove that flame straight down into the bowl. Keep the flame above the tobacco. Let your puffing draw the flame down. All right, in just a few minutes... Jack Newcomb. I'm Mark from Ohio, and I've tried so many tobaccos, but I just still can't find something that is just magical. A tobacco that I can fall in love with. I mean, I've tried reading reviews online and participating in forum discussions only to get burned. When I was about to give up, I discovered this amazing matching system for finding my perfect blend at SutliffTobacco.com. That's how I found my perfect blend, and I just love it. Finding the right tobacco doesn't have to be hard. There are lots of tobaccos waiting for you to fall in love with them. Finding that special tobacco shouldn't be left up to chance. Experience the magic of compatibility with our patented perfect match system. 
try it at SutlifTobacco.com. Go to SutlifTobacco.com right now and find your perfect blend. It is my pleasure to welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show, not exactly a uh, pipe smoker, but you're going to be the, I want to say you're the first real son of a pipe smoker that we've ever had, but you're going to give us a real interesting perspective into one of the uh, most uh, well-known pipe smokers of our day. Please welcome to the Pipes Magazine show, Rick Newcomb's son, Jack Jack, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Is he really that well known? Is he like a big deal in the pipe community? Oh, he's uh, yeah. He he. I think he's bigger. I think he's uh, probably one of the most prolific writers in the in the hobby and in the industry that we've seen in the last uh, twenty or thirty years. Oh wow, that's great. So that's one of the. Let me tell you honestly up front, so everybody knows. I wanted to have Rick on the show, but I thought, wait a second, Rick's written all these wonderful books and has told a whole bunch of his stories and written articles for magazines and written articles for the NASPC and given presentations. So what new would he have to give to the show? And then when your dad sent me the out uh, the, the sound clips from the audio book and I heard you interviewing him before each chapter, I thought, what better way than to talk to the son of a uh, very passionate pipe collector. So that's why you're here. Yeah, and the idea the idea behind those, so we he we recorded the audio book and then um, we were just talking and sort of he was saying, you know, I want to give people incentive to, to buy this thing. And I said, a lot of the audio books that I listen to, you can get additional commentary and he said that sounds like a great idea so then we had we did these little kind of mini interviews uh before each chapter and you're exactly right it was really kind of the the outside looking in or the layman's view of kind of what was going on because i think that the uh just as an outsider i think that the pipe industry can be somewhat intimidating just because there are a lot of um there's a lot of knowledge that you kind of need before you can even start. So, and there's a lot of men that look very serious when they're smoking their pipes, and that can be very intimidating. Well, we made we made that comment in the commentary. Nobody smiles in these in these photos, and uh, maybe maybe it's because they're holding their pipe in their mouth. But uh, yeah, I mean, it doesn't you know it doesn't hurt to put a grin on and maybe welcome people to the hobby a little bit more. But I don't know. And the other thing that I liked was. Uh, you're not, you're younger than I am, so it's time, you know, we can get a younger perspective of what you thought of exploring kind of what was going on in your dad's head. Right, right. So, so for the record, I'm I'm currently 31, uh, but been around him my entire life and about half of his, so. Yeah, so let's see, when did you meet your dad? Right after <laughs> birth, we got that covered. Right. Uh, tell everybody, where where'd you grow up? So I grew up in uh, Los Angeles. Um, he's from Chicago originally, so uh, it's sort of weird that this 
this is a this is not his home. I mean, it is now, but yeah. he has the same nostalgia for Chicago that I do for L.A. Isn't that weird when you think about your parents? Like, oh, if they've moved somewhere else. Neither of my parents are from L.A., but I grew up here, so this is this is my home and sort of our home. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he he smoked a pipe my entire life. What's your let, let's jump right into it right now. What's your earliest memory of your dad smoking a pipe? That's a good question. Um, the you, you think about there's no kind of def, I, I've, I guess I'll say two. One is kind of broad and, and vague, but the smell of pipe smoke. I just have positive associations with it, and I just remember that from growing up. Whether it's Christmas morning or a random Tuesday. I mean, there's always sort of the the smell of pipe smoke has a positive, I have a positive association with that. Um, I mean, a a specific brand, not like vanilla or sort of, you know, the the cheaper stuff. I mean, you can kind of tell the difference even, even as a non pipe smoker. Um, But I remember, I remember distinctly, he would on like Sundays, he would go to like, like a meeting and and this wasn't this wasn't regularly but you know there there are conventions but I, I remember this one sort of distinctly and I have no idea how old I was let's say I was 10 or so and we drove out to Carson which is a little it's it's this um you know I'm gonna upset people who are from Carson but it's, it's just nothing town a little bit south of LA it's uh, where the Goodyear of, blimp is parked it, yeah, exactly. It's like between L.A. and, and uh, Newport Beach and, and sort of, you know, that, that kind of area. There's an Ikea there. But there's a, there's a Carson, Carson City Mall, and, and we went to this thing, and it was a Sunday, and I went with him, and I sat on a folding chair with a bunch of guys who were smoking pipes and, and talking about this. And I think what I realized then as a kid was what a – uh, what a strong community um, this this was, and, and these are sort of perfect strangers coming from totally different parts of L.A., which is a very spread out uh, city, but coming together over the common ground of, of uh, pipes. If I remember right, that was the original Southwest Pipe and Cigar League that had, I think it was Shane Pappas that put that on, and it was really one of the... Uh, it was really one of the first West Coast pipe shows. Yeah. Oh, I also another another memory I have. You're jogging my memory. He had my dad had this. I thought this was the because I didn't. I mean, my dad tried to teach me about pipes and sort of look for dots on the bottom of the on the wood and look for straight grain and and <laughs> smoothness and all this stuff. And he was he. I remember once he bought this pipe and it had a diamond in the whatever in the stem. And uh, I thought it was like the coolest thing because you got you got a diamond in the in the stem. And then he he was in he was at the L.A. Pipe Show, and they had a contest for who could keep your pipe lit the longest. <laughs> and he he used this pipe, and he entered the contest, and he only got like one or two matches. And he like trained for it, and then when he got to the contest, he won. And he said, like, it got to the point where it was pretty, it was pretty much touch and go because he didn't want to ruin the pipe because it was a really good pipe. 
but he's competitive and he wanted to win the contest. So I remember like I remember him training <laughs> up until that point and then actually like winning the contest, which was pretty cool. I think he's done a few since then, but sort of he has his title and and that's good enough for him for the first go around. So, so that's that's funny to think of a kid's perspective of what a pipe smoking contest looks like. Right, right. Well, I wasn't there. I, I, I just heard about it, but I saw the training and, uh, you know, sort of leading up to it. Was he sitting there puckering slowly and puckering and puffing slowly? And Yeah, yeah. And I think it's, it's funny because I think around that time I was young um, and he, he let me smoke a cigar and I was maybe 12. Um, very progressive household. And uh, <laughs> I, I remember he taught me when you smoke a cigar, you don't like you, you want the ash to to stay on it as long as possible, basically. And, and I mean, there I'm I go to Las Vegas and smoke cigars with my friends, and they don't even know that. Um, so you know, at twelve, he gave me a cigar and let me do this. So I'm smoking the cigar. I let I I was pretty good at it. Like let the ash get pretty far down, and then I remember it's the only time in my life I've ever like gotten sick off of the cigar, and I didn't I didn't puke or anything, but just sort of felt nauseous. Um, but it was I I think it was sort of that uh, since he was kind of doing the 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 distance running equivalent of smoking a pipe, I wanted to keep up. But uh, it was nice to to be able to share that kind of experience with him. When your dad wrote a lot about his travels to Europe and taking the family vacations over there and then swinging by pipe makers and pipe shops and stuff like that. Did, uh, any, any memories of, uh, being dragged into pipe shops? Yeah. Again, it's the, it's kind of the, um, I, I don't know how it is a lot of places, but in LA it's very difficult to meet people. Yeah. So you're in your car a lot of the time, and you know when you're a kid, you're growing up, you're friends with people who are at your school or on a sports team or whatever. And then when you become an adult, and especially if you don't have kids, uh, which my wife and I don't at this time, it's really hard to meet people. So my, my dad would have these relationships with strangers, um, and they would become genuine friends where they're talking all the time, like they care about each other. And I think what the cool thing was, was a lot of times it was um, across generations, so age didn't really matter. So he would be really good friends with a guy who was uh, a lot older than him. Um, yeah. And I hope I'm getting the name right, but like Ed Lehman comes to mind. Oh, yeah. Um, or guys who are like a little younger than him. Um, and uh, so it, it would it would sort of be across the board. Um in, in that regard. But I mean, obviously I think the, the one that sticks out in my mind the most is, uh, yes, Conovitz and his family. He came and visited us in LA. We came and visited them in Denmark. I, I think over the same month, I think it was, uh, I'm pretty sure it was like around the same time. So it was, uh, it was nice to get to know him and his family and, and, and all that. So that was like the most that kind of, um, uh, left a left an imprint in my mind now let, let's go back to you for a little bit because you do not smoke a pipe but you do smoke a cigar occasionally uh was there any any pressure from your dad to to pick up the pipe and give it a try no yeah the, the, he no not really i mean he's always been pro i, I wouldn't say he's pro smoking um i mean he 
he smoked cigarettes before he smoked the pipe, so he, yeah. he, smoking's been a big part of his life. Um, but he's obviously pro-freedom uh, and property rights and all that stuff. So I, I was always, in, in that regard, I, I think I understood smoking better than a lot of other people did. So, you know, it's no secret that inhaling cigarette smoke is, is bad for you. Um, but letting a restaurant owner decide if they want to have a smoking restaurant or not should be up to the property owner. Uh, that sort of thing is where he did have an influence over me. Um, but he never, never tried to, to get me to smoke. Um, I think I did I've actually only smoked like one pipe in my entire life and it was cool. But again, it's like really, it, it's, it's something you have to learn and get good at and practice. And it just never really clicked for me. Does your dad display his entire pipe collection at home? It's a good question. Um, he, he has various like racks that he puts them on that he's yeah. had built for them. Uh, there, I, I, I'll, it's it's interesting that you ask that. He doesn't display them, and I don't know if that has to do with like the UV is bad for the pipe. Um, but they're they're kind of separate. He shows them to me all the time, and when he gets a new one, he'll show it to me, and I'll tell him the story and all that stuff. But they're not on display. He actually has really cool. He got some really cool photos, like professional photos taken of them. I, I think it might have been for the book. But he got those printed and framed, and he actually has photos of his pipes up in his office, which are pretty cool. Does he have photos of you kids up in his office, too? <laughs> he does. He has okay. Those too. okay. Okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> the reason I'm interested is that neither – my son's 21 and has absolutely no interest in smoking pipes or cigars and doesn't even like drinking. So I, I tell people I have the world's safest – pipe and tobacco collection because nobody in my family they just look at it and go oh it's dad's stuff just don't touch it or he'll get mad well how did you get into it uh i got into it i was one of the only smokers at the mgm grand as a retail manager and they put me in charge of buying cigars and cigarettes for the for the entire hotel property and then just so... evolution took over and i found uh i found cigars and got into those and then discovered that what I really liked are pipes. And right. Really right. So, wait, so you, how long did you live in Las Vegas? Uh, four and a half years. That, that, that's a whole other podcast. I'm so interested in every aspect about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a whole other lifestyle there, which I'll see. Uh, I, we'll be, we'll be seeing your dad shortly in Vegas too. So that's, that's right. Vegas is one of the only places that you can still smoke indoors. Uh, yeah, Vegas is pretty pretty much one of the last uh, last places. Although I was in South Carolina recently, and they did ask me when I stopped off if I wanted a uh, smoking seat. And ah. in uh, Virginia, we there's a smoking room at the bar at the brew pub that we went to. So there's still a couple of states that are somewhat free. Right. Let's get right. let's get back to the fun stuff with you and I've got a bunch more questions for you but I want sure. to take a break right here so stick with us we'll be back in just a minute. This is Internet Radio. Do you 
need a reliable source for ordering pipes and tobacco? Do you find it difficult to get your favorite blends outside of the U.S.? Fournoggins.com stocks all of your favorite pipes and tobaccos and ships all over the world. All forms of payment are accepted and orders are processed the same day. There are no worries when ordering from Fournoggins.com. Fournoggins.com is your source for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. We ship in the U.S. and international with no worries. Fournoggins.com for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. There's nothing quite like hunting at dawn or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. We are back. Jack, tell everybody, what, what do you do for a living now? So currently I am president of Creators. Uh, I work with my dad. He's the founder and CEO. We are a so we were founded as a newspaper syndicate, and what that means is writers and artists who do columns and comic strips would sign with us, and then we would sell the content. We'd edit the content and then sell and distribute it to newspapers and websites and anybody who will pay for it. Um, obviously, the big word there uh, that um, you got to focus on is newspapers. Uh, newspapers are going the way of the dodo. So what I've been charged with is really repositioning the company into a new media company, a digital media company, uh, and that's what we're doing. So we've launched various websites to um, get our content out there that way. We started an e-publishing company and audio where we're doing e-books and audio books, including my dad's book. Um, and uh, we're also doing a podcasting network and, and some licensing because we represent these characters to TV and film and uh, different products. So you have the pressure of being the next generation taking it into the next century. Yeah, I mean, that's the, um, that, that was the, the task when I, when I joined, so yeah. No pressure at all. But I'm just telling well, you. Well, I mean, I think it's, I think anything is sort of, like I worked in finance before I came here, and finance is a great, great industry, and you can make a lot of money and have a pretty good life. Um, but what I didn't like about finance was that the path was very much set, and you kind of knew exactly what the different, uh, you knew what the path to success was. And I think my personality is such that I wanted a challenge and wanted to, figure something out that was intellectually stimulating and kind of, um, you know, could really have an impact on the world, uh, in terms of how we, how we consume content. Um, and, uh, so that's why I wanted to be a part of it, but you're, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's, a, it's definitely a tough, tough task. Word of advice, smoking a pipe at night helps you relax. You're probably right. <laughs> end, of, end of sales pitch. So, right, right. You're you interview your dad for the 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 commentary going into each chapter of his audiobook. When you started to interview him and you and you obviously had to go through and listen to the material and and read the book, what was one of the most surprising things that came out? Um that's a that's a good question. You know, I I think when I went into the interview, my thought process was I, I didn't. I didn't want to have any sort of filter. Like I just wanted to ask what questions I had, and that's that's what I did. So I think that the biggest um, kind of 
uh, realization that I had, and, and I asked him about this, was I forget which book or which chapter this was, but it was, you know, sometimes you come off as combative or there is sort of a, a um, in the in the pipe industry, like I can't tell you how many times my dad will say, you know, oh, there's a, you know, I ruffled some feathers in the pipe industry <laughs> or, or somebody thinks this. And I'm like, I, you know, contrary to kind of what we said before, like, there, there is a, I don't know, um, and I, I don't know the specifics of the feuds or whatever, but there is sort of an kind of an expertise or a critic or kind of that kind of group out there. And I think that that was the biggest takeaway for me from, from the interview was a, that while this is, because I, I mean, I read through the book and it seemed like, you know, pretty pretty innocent in terms of this is my opinion, this is what I think, you know, and sort of left it out there. But the kind of vitriol that came out as a result of that was kind of interesting. Um, but I guess it comes with the territory of anything. Yeah, and I think anytime you uh, do anything like a like a book or a podcast or a radio show, you leave yourself open for it. Right, exactly. But I guess it was just sort of uh, counterintuitive to the uh, community that I was accustomed to seeing in the with with various pipe smokers. I thought it was very. I mean, because there aren't many pipe smokers, so I figured that they'd want to be very inclusive and sort of, especially somebody who has a lot a lot of clout in the industry, like my dad. Like they would want to kind of promote this person, but. Um, uh, you know, I guess when you, uh, it's easy to ruffle feathers sometimes, just human nature. So. It, it is somewhat easy. Um, yeah. <laughs> so let's move on to happy stuff. Uh, what was your, what was your favorite thing that came out, that came out in the interviews? Um, I think it was nice to, cause I, 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 like I said, I wanted to ask questions that he, that I had, that I genuinely had. So I think seeing his reaction to a lot of the questions in a positive way. Um, uh, so if I would ask uh, something that I didn't totally understand, um, that I think maybe people starting out as a pipe smoker would be afraid to ask, um, I think he enjoyed answering. Uh, so breaking down, and I can't think of a specific, but breaking down those sorts of barriers in terms of, um, you know, I, I'm sort of new to this. Why, why is it important to, uh, why is it important to send, you know, why is this even a controversial issue to send the pipe with the bit plugged in there as opposed to two separate things? Um, and it makes sense because of the, you know, wood expands and it, contracts and all that sort of thing as i've said before on this show and i've said it to everybody that i talk to we ship a lot of pipes and they all ship with the stem inside you know with the stem in the shank that's the only right. way to ship it that way they don't move or they don't change shapes uh, so you didn't you didn't clear your questions with your dad before you got in there for the interview no nor should you <laughs> you can't do that. You got to go in. That's the whole point of an interview. You want to get an honest response, right? Hopefully, an honest response. <laughs> uh, was there a favorite? Was there a favorite chapter for you? Um, I think I think he's got 
you know, uh, like I said before, yes, Conovitz has been. I mean, I've known yes since I was 13, so we're going on, you know, 18 years in terms of my life. Um, so yes has been a big part of our family's life, and I think that my dad and him have become real friends, and obviously, um, you know, everything that he's gone through in his personal life has been hard on him and hard on my dad, and, and you know, I think it's, it's uh, that, that I, I think seeing him kind of learning more about his relationship with yes and um, about all these guys in terms of, you know, any time, whether it's Steve Jobs or um, uh, Michelangelo or, or these pipe makers, anytime you have somebody who's just maniacally um, focused on building something that's, you know, beautiful, uh, I think is a cool thing. And to hear my dad talk passionate, passionately about these guys that he that he knows and that he knew um, is is kind of a, a anytime you see that passion that energy from anybody, uh, but specifically him about something that he really cared about was was cool to see. One last question about the uh, about the audio book. Were there any questions that your that your dad didn't answer that you deleted? Uh, great question. No, he he answered everything. I you know I. And I didn't give him the questions beforehand. He didn't give them to me. I, we really wanted an honest conversation just because we think that people like that and that's interesting as opposed to totally canned answers. So he answered everything, and I asked whatever I wanted to ask. So, And I really tried to keep that outsider's perspective um, just because in something like pipe smoking it's you can get into the jargon and it's uh, it can become so insider baseball very quickly um that i wanted to keep it broad and as uh, so that a layman could understand it as much as possible now let you you piqued my interest earlier about talking about new media and and stuff like that and obviously this is a new form of media it's an internet based show what do you and and you're you're younger, much younger than I am, and more in tune to this stuff. Is this really turning into the new format? Is regular broadcast radio kind of uh, kind of taking a hit? Uh, well, I mean, I, I don't, I won't give you an opinion, but the facts are, yeah, absolutely. I mean, look at any terrestrial radio station. I mean, they're competing against satellite but also the internet uh and once you get wi-fi in cars which you know the car manufacturers and lobbyists are probably fighting against because of various reasons but once you get wi-fi in the cars and you can stream this sort of thing you can actually do that now if you have the bluetooth capability in your phone you can stream a podcast right into your car um which you know so if you're a terrestrial radio station, that means you are playing, and that sort of that, that means you're playing what you want. That means I have to listen to commercials, all this sort of thing. If you're competing with me, self-selecting into different content verticals that I'm extremely passionate about or very interested in, and I only get a few commercials, and I really like the person, and it's long format versus, you know, top twenty or whatever, it's, it's a no-brainer. You have a better product out there. So I, I, think, I think technology and the Internet is, you know, a good thing and definitely going to revolutionize different, um, 
different media, but at the same time, talent wins out. So in terms of radio, you know, guys who are good on the air are going to continue to be good on the air, and guys who are hacks are going to, uh, you know, get kicked out more quickly. Um, but, you know, Howard Stern is Howard Stern for a reason. It's because he's very entertaining. Um, so I, I think that that talent usually wins out over most things, even even if the mediums change. And also in your in the the creators network, is there website development or web based entertainment? Yeah, so we're we're developing uh, we're developing websites, but again, the, the the business model is totally changing. So. If you bought a newspaper, you'd have your sports section, your calendar section, your front page and editorial and all that. Um, I, I, I think that that's changing. Going back to what I said before, I think that we are self-selecting into what we're really interested about and then sort of forgetting everything else. So if you're really into pipes, you might read a pipe blog. You don't want to buy a magazine with eight other features in there that aren't about pipes. You want to know everything there is to know about what you're interested in. Um, so I think that as a media company, consumers are becoming much more selective, and there are many more niches out there. Um, but the flip side of that is that the audiences are much more sticky and much more loyal, and we know more about them. Um, so being able to present content that's specific to one group and understanding that group and building that community I think is critical going forward. And that works across all all different forms of media. Yeah, I think it does. I mean, and then the, there's the elephant in the room, which is crowdsourcing, which is the notion of, uh, like, Wikipedia and BuzzFeed and even Facebook, where people are contributing content for free. Um, so that's, uh, you know, being able to be ahead of the curve and embrace that is, is important, I think. I've never, I've never stolen anything from Facebook. <laughs> Do you go on Facebook though? I, I've only stolen stuff more than once. <laughs> the as as I think Picasso said, the great artists or the good artists imitate, the great artists steal. <laughs> Is there anything in the future that we're looking at that that we don't know about besides? I mean, if my Wi-Fi, <laughs> if I have Wi-Fi in my car. Then I can actually sleep there because I wouldn't need to what go home. Right. Um, you know, I think there's a so there's this thing called Moore's Law. Who was this guy at Intel who said basically that, it, and it's true. Our our computing ability is going to double every two years in perpetuity. Uh, it, it's supposed to end like in, or at least people are saying like 2020-ish, but maybe not. But the idea that computing, our computing um, capability doubles every two years, think about that. So that's exponential growth. Um, and that just is going to continue. So sort of the old joke is you buy a computer, you go home, you take it out of the box, and you see a commercial for the new model. Yeah. Um, that, that, that's only going to continue. Uh, and I think that um, whatever's the new, new thing is going to be the new thing for that time, and then something else is going to replace it. So I think that the first step is acceptance and embracing that and just trying to go with whatever the new technology is out there. But most importantly, think about the consumer and think about what people want and how do you give it to them. Um, building a business strategy around that is 
a little bit more difficult when people want everything for free, but if those are the rules of the game, then you have to you have to play by those rules and figure out other ways, whether it's advertising or um, doing ebooks or different things like that. I'm going to ask you this question because I think you might be the only person that can give me some really good insight into it. But oh god, pipe smoking is uh, I'll I'll try to use the right big word, but. Pipe smoking is probably one of the most archaic hobbies where you're literally taking basic flame and putting it to tobacco inside a wooden device that has absolutely no gigabytes or you know you don't have mm-hmm. to you don't have to download new updates to your bowl once a month mm-hmm. but yet it has been embraced incredibly by the internet with the mm-hmm. number of YouTube channels, the number of chat rooms and forums, and the number of e-retailers of it, I've been wondering what the what's the explanation for that, and maybe you have the answer. Yeah, uh, I, I think it, it has, well, I mean, there are, what, six or seven billion people in the world, so just like a pure numbers game, if you took all of the pipe smokers out there, and that's the great thing about the Internet is that it connects people. Uh, and then you enable them to connect. Well, you're going to see some pretty big numbers, even though relatively it's, it, you know, you might think it's a small group, especially uh, where each individual pipe smoker lives. They might think it's a, it's a very small group, and they, they walk around, and they don't see any pipe smokers. But then you get on the Internet, and all of a sudden you're connected to the rest of the world. That's the cool thing about technology. That's the cool thing about the Internet is that it connects people, and that's, you know why Facebook is so popular, and that's why that's why we love new technology and and instant messaging and all that stuff because it keeps us connected um, with people as much as possible. So I think something like pipe smoking uh, is a perfect example of you have this niche hobby where it is old fashioned, but people can find other people who are interested in it because of the internet. Um, I will say that. There is, and maybe it's an L.A., California thing, um, but there is a, a trend that everything's becoming more sort of old is becoming hip, and there is yeah. a push for things being retro. So, you know, if somehow pipe smoking could make a comeback um, because of its retro nature, who knows, you know? So it's a way to go retro is to go down to the coffee shop, get your cup of cappuccino, sit outside with your ebook, and uh, light up a pipe. Right there, you go. All the, you're an you're an instant hipster without wearing skinny jeans just by smoking a pipe. Thank God, because they're uncomfortable. <laughs> That's right. Uh, the skinny jeans are. Right, right, right. Jack, I'll wrap this up with a uh, modified version of the Fast Five final questions because you don't really smoke a pipe, but I'm still going to ask them anyway because everybody gets them. So there's no right answer, no wrong answer, no short answer, long answer, whatever you want. Are you ready? Let's do it. What's your favorite pipe? (laughs) Could be one of your dad's. Right. Um, Uh, It's like deciding between children, right? Um, so I, I have, I have a design eye. I have a, I, I know sort of aesthetically what looks good and what, what doesn't look good. Um, and, and I've seen them all. So I'm going to say, I like something that's a little bit, a little bit thicker with a little bit of a curve in the stem. So I don't know what it's called, but 
not a not a skinny stem, not sort of the super linear one. I want a little curve and a little thickness in there. That's what I'll say. And what's your favorite tobacco? Uh, <laughs> I'll say Latakia just because I know that I used to watch my dad like mix tobacco and <laughs> that was his thing uh, and do all these sort of experiments trying to fight the right right sort of blend. Um, so one of, the, one of those. What's your favorite drink? Um, club soda with lime. When it's relaxation time, is it a book, a movie, or music? Probably, probably television. Uh, television is sort of the new movie. You know, you can, I mean, I, I, don't get me wrong, I love movies, but you can only tell so much of a story in 90 minutes or two hours, whereas and TV nowadays is so good with the talent that's behind it. Um, and cool dramatic shows like Breaking Bad and Mad Men and things like that, that um, it's probably, you know, spending those 55 minutes or 40, 42 minutes sitting and just getting engulfed in a TV show because you can, you can forget about everything. It's kind of like visiting with friends. Exactly. And the last one I think we've kind of covered, but what's your favorite pipe smoking memory? That is a, that is a hard one, but that is a good one. Um. God, there's so many. Um, okay, this is uh, this is not probably the answer that you're looking for, but um, so this is when I was like 10 years ago, or even more, probably more than that, probably 20 years ago. Every year, uh, creators would do would have a Christmas party, and we still have a Christmas party, um, but they would do sketches, uh, so sort of like comedy kind of sketches and inevitably whenever a company does these sorts of things they kind of become like a roast right <laughs> so you sort of you sort of pick up on people's eccentric natures and kind of you know exacerbate you know maybe a small thing that they do so i'll never forget uh i'm i, I don't know if i saw the video or if i was actually there but again i was i was a kid but my dad's assistant uh at the time is talking it, it, this is in the sketch so this isn't actually happening but my dad's assistant is talking to my dad uh her name is tessie and so in the this is what happens in the sketch my dad's character says tessie do you know how much this pipe is worth and she says no rick and he says five thousand dollars and then she says uh wow and he says do you know how much i paid for it and she says, no, Rick. And he says, $2. And then she responds, wow, Rick, that's a steal. And I will never forget that sort of, uh, you know, that, that laugh that that got. But more importantly, his, you know, he, he just loves this stuff in terms of uh, the, the appreciation for the art uh, of the pipes. So. I, I love the story. If you can get a copy of the sketch... Um, I promise I, I won't. I, I, I have no idea if you can get that, but I would, that, that would be great. I promise I won't put it up. And let me tell you, before we go, my one word of advice to you. Uh, yep. If you want to pick up the pipe again, find a nice vanilla cherry Cavendish blend. Go grab one of your dad's pipes and try it out with that for me. Okay, sounds good. He'll thank me for it later. Will do. Jack, thank you very much for your time. The audio book is available on... Uh, audible.com yeah uh amazon itunes audible 
You can go to SumnerBooks.com and see a link there. So there you go. You can hear more of Jack talking to his dad and hear the entire book, and it's over seven hours from what I've uh, from what I understand. Yep. Jack, thanks again. Of course, anytime. We'll be back in just a minute. I'm Mark from Ohio, and I've tried so many tobaccos, but I just still can't find something that is just magical, a tobacco that I can fall in love with. I mean, I've tried reading reviews online and participating in forum discussions only to get burned. When I was about to give up, I discovered this amazing matching system for finding my perfect blend at SutliftTobacco.com. That's how I found my perfect blend, and I just love it. Finding the right tobacco doesn't have to be hard. There are lots of tobaccos waiting for you to fall in love with them. Finding that special tobacco shouldn't be left up to chance. Experience the magic of compatibility with our patented Perfect Match system. Try it at SutliffTobacco.com. Go to SutliffTobacco.com right now and find your perfect blend. are back i hope you all enjoyed that as much as i did interesting perspective i kind of imagine what it would be like if my if my son had to interview me and kind of turn the tables on me but anyway for uh entertainment uh i've got a piece of music got a piece of music that i picked out just specifically because i've been watching the lord of the rings movies again getting ready for the uh, next Hobbit installment to come out. No, I haven't seen them yet, but I want to I want to wait until they uh, come out on DVD, all three of them. And at the same time, I talked to Ted Swearingen, the general manager at SmokingPipes.com, and Ted is uh, a poet. So I asked Ted if he would write a piece of poetry specifically for us pipe smokers. One on my last visit to Smoking Pipes, we sat down and Ted recorded this for us, and then we'll roll right into the uh, Hobbit piece from Lord of the Rings. The Briar Pipe and Tobacco by Ted Swearingen. The elusive, the perfect and the singular, bosomed weedily, then shaped into a spun language of shapes. If only to play vessel to a sublime and fleeting moment of memories crossing in concert delivered by that famously forlorn leaf.
And oh, how those hobbits enjoyed that uh, forlorn leaf. I want to thank Ted for that and thank Ted for taking the time to write that for us and thank him again for reading it himself, too. You've got mail. So from last week's show, I'm glad uh, several of you liked the song from Stephanie Quayle. Glad you enjoyed that. It was uh, it was a real treat to hear her perform it live. Uh, I'm also glad I got several comments from people agreeing about my rant on uh, people leaving pipe shows on Sunday. I did get one private comment from somebody who will be uh, left unnamed because he wanted to. Yeah, you know, yeah, I understand. If you have to get back to work, or you've got to get back, or you know, yeah, some of us have reasons that we can only be at a show for one day, but. A whole bunch of you all having the same reason on a regular basis? I doubt that. Uh, Mark Ryan, next time you guys see him at a pipe show or you get a chance to uh, talk to him, make sure and thank him. He He's really doing a great service to us by uh, saving Perique and keeping Perique available for us pipe smokers to enjoy for a long time. Uh, speaking of seeing Mark at a pipe show... Mark and I both will be in Las Vegas for the West Coast Pipe Show on November 2nd and 3rd. So make sure, stop by his table, tell him how much we all appreciate what he's done for us in the uh, pipe tobacco world. All right, everybody. Kind of an observation rant coming up next. Meet Aaron, one of the most important people at SmokingPipes.com. In our shipping department, he's one of the cogs in the highly efficient wheel, if you will, that's responsible for making sure your order goes out right every time. Ain't that right, Aaron? I don't know all about that cog and the wheel stuff, but I do know at SmokingPipes.com, I take my work very seriously. Pulling tents of tobacco, weighing bulk tobacco, triple checking orders, and getting them out the door. Since it's so easy to order from SmokingPipes.com, you're keeping Aaron pretty darn busy. Look at him go, go, go. <laughs> in fact, it's been a challenge to get him to stop long enough to say hello. But Aaron doesn't mind. He loves his job at SmokingPipes.com. Why is that, Aaron? Because I don't just ship pipes. I smoke them. Gotta run. <laughs> just log on to SmokingPipes.com or call us at 1-888-366-0345. We are quality. We are experts. We are SmokingPipes.com. <laughs> This is Internet Radio. Cowboy. Cowboy. Would somebody please tell me I'm not the only one that feels this way, but... When I use a notepad or post-it notes or anything where there's a whole bunch of them and I work my way all the way down the pad and I get down to the very last one and I've used them all, I kind of feel like a, you know, like a little bit of success, a little excitement for, yeah, I've used it all, I've used it completely. If it's uh, dryer sheets or whatever it is, when I get down to the last one and I've used it, a pack of pipe cleaners, when I get all the way down and I've used the last one in the pack and the pack is empty and I throw it away and I start all over with a brand new fresh pack, I kind of feel excited. A little bit of success, you know, I've done it, I've made it all the way through that. 
if it's a lighter and I've gotten it all the way down to the very last one or the last bit of toothpaste in the tube and there's nothing left in there and I've gotten everything out of it, I kind of feel a little bit of success of it. If I fill a trash bag and I filled the trash bag all the way to the top, got it completely full and got take it out and that's just about packed full it feels like success to me it's almost like i want to do the superman theme or you know go burr, burr, burr. yay for me i made it i did it i completed it i hope i'm not the only one out in this world that feels that way but you know you sit there and you look at that post-it note pad and you want to use each one and then you get all the way down you're working your way through it you've had that pad of post-it notes for i don't know three four months sitting on my desk writing little notes occasionally and then all of a sudden i get all the way down to the last one and i've gotten my dollars worth out of that entire pad of post-it notes and i've used each one and i didn't lose it before i ran out that's like success to me that's that that feels good and please tell me that i'm not the only one out there that does it is it partly my heritage i don't know what it is but I enjoy it. I look forward to getting all the way down to that last one and knowing that I did it. I made it all the way through that. Got all the way through it. So, there you go. A little observation rant on me for you. Hey, make sure and uh, come to Vegas. 2nd and 3rd, November 2nd and 3rd, Palace Station Hotel and Casino. I've got a couple trips coming up. In uh, November and December, I'll let you know where I'll be. In the meantime, check back here every Thursday night, every Thursday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Time for new episodes of the Pipes Magazine radio show. If you're interested in advertising on the show, please contact Kevin Godby at pipesmagazine.com. A special thank you to Mr. Retentive and Doc Watson, my friend Andy, for posting reviews on iTunes. I do appreciate those. Those iTunes reviews help the show get found. And uh, over the past couple of weekends, I've been keeping an eye on iTunes and the Pipes Magazine radio show has been in the uh, in the top 10, 15 on, uh, on iTunes in our category. So we do deeply appreciate that. I want to thank my guest, Jack, for joining us. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you to Sutliff Tobacco Company. And until next time, When we're together Just sing a song And think about sunny weather transcript of this episode or any other episodes of the pipes magazine radio show download the podcast grab a pen and a large pad of paper push play write down what you hear pause push play again write down what you hear pause should you miss anything rewind play write down what you hear pause and continue that all the way through the episode